Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and on this episode tonight, guess what? We're doing something absolutely different. I'm not reviewing an episode, but I am talking about Doctor Who. And on this episode, Clarence and Lee are not with me, but I am super excited to welcome a gentleman that I recently got to meet by my friend Ron Stevens from Discussing Comics and the Extremely Geeked Out podcast, Ryan Kent. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. I spent the day actually reading comic books. So, I mean, you know, you can't really I, have a better that, day, that sounds right? Sounds like a perfect day. I don't I don't know how it gets better than that. Exactly. Well, you know, it could get better than that. I could say maybe I spent the day watching Doctor Who, but <laughs> you know, comic books, eh, you know, 50/50, right? Right. You have a affinity for comics, especially, and specifically you do some Instagramming. So before we get into Doctor Who and where we're going in this particular episode, tell everyone what you do on Instagram and how they can find you there. Well, first of all, my handle is comic book classics, and that's kind of, kind of self-explanatory. I like to post old comics or sometimes even newer comics, just comics I think really deserve a shout out and I have something to say about them and I feel like I have a pretty good knowledge of comics in the comic industry so I try to share some of that some of that knowledge with uh, kind of some trivia facts and maybe some artist insight and all that kind of stuff so if you're interested in any of that um give me a follow I'm at comic book comics on or uh, I'm sorry comic book classics on Instagram cool so you made a comment that po- prompted me to think about doing this particular episode of discussing who I posted something in our Discussing Network Facebook group, and you made a comment, something to the effect of you were interested in Doctor Who, and you wanted to know more about Doctor Who, and that just led us in the background for me to understand that you really have never watched Doctor Who. Is that right? That's right. I've never actually seen an episode. I mean, I've gone to Comic-Cons throughout the years and kind of running in these kinds of circles. I'm I'm familiar with a lot of the iconography or what I think it is. But I've never sat down and actually watched it. So cool. cool. I'm going in pr- very, uh, very cr- clean. All right. Awesome. So for everyone listening, this is a episode that I have wanted to do for a very, very long time. I wanted to get someone on and me not have a clue about what you might ask. Because just for clarity's sake, did I not in our conversation say, don't ask me anything. Let's not talk about what we're discussing because I wanted this to com- be completely fresh and completely organic, right? Yep, absolutely. Cool. You have no idea. So I'm turning the table over to you and you have questions. I hope I have answers and let's go for it. Out of the bag, what's your first Doctor Who question? All right. Now, at any time you can stop me and tell me, you know, I'm wrong, but I'm going to just, I'm going to start saying some things that I think I know, and you tell me if any of it's wrong throughout Sweet. this episode. Go for it. So this show has been going on for years and years. Is that right? That is true. Like 30 years, something like that. Well, how long has this show been around? Because I know it's got a deep, deep history. Awesome. So the first episode of Doctor Who aired on November the 23rd, 1963. It was oh, called wow. An Unearthly Child. And again, that aired on November 23rd. 1963. And has it been, so has this been running continuously for the last almost, you know, 55 some odd years? Uh, Well, let's see here. So here's what happened. In 
the year of 1989, it was put on hiatus by the BBC. There was a controller, basically the lead programmer of BBC. We don't like him. His name was Michael Grade. And he basically had gotten tired of Doctor Who and put it on a quote-unquote hiatus. It returned in 1996 with a TV movie that was produced with Fox in the U.S. It only aired for the TV movie until 2005 when the current series started with the Doctor returning in 2005. And it's been since 2005 going ever since. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking number of episodes in the hundreds and... Oh, absolutely hundreds, yes. Oh, wow. It it is almost like comic books. It's very... uh, There's a a deep and daunting history with a lot of this stuff. So let me ask you a question. Considering the fact that this is the first time you're hearing this, and I'm telling you it started in 1963, does that, as a non-Hoovian, non-Doctor Who watcher, does that kind of give you pause as to someone trying to decide whether they want to get into the show? Or does that make it more interesting to you? I think, for me personally, it is not a barrier, and it does make it interesting to me. I could see how that can be a barrier for some people, but like I said, it's kind of like comic books. You know, 1963, that's when, you know, Marvel really took off was right around that same time, and there's tons of backstory there, but I enjoy jumping into these, you know, long episodic stories and trying to figure things out, you know, going backwards almost rather than going, you know, from the beginning. You're going to love Doctor Who. Anyway, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I've been on all this time. The next thing that I I think I know, and you tell me if I'm wrong, there are, there have been multiple, multiple doctors throughout the years. And I guess let's just start there. That's, have there been like a, how many have there been? I guess there is the doctor. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That leads me to another question because I answered that specifically for a reason. So let me ask you a question before I answer your question. And my question then becomes, who is the doctor? From what you know, who is the doctor? From what I think I've gathered, just from being kind of osmosis, being around people I know who like it, it's like an entity that is reborn in different bodies? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the fact that you get that, that's awesome. So you are actually ahead of the curve in the fact that you do understand that this is someone that gets reborn. Let me tell you how that got started. So when Doctor Who started in 1963, it was a children's TV program. And who would have ever thought something that was a Saturday evening TV show in the BBC UK you know, 1963 would then be watched all over the world in 2019. Right. You know, no one, no one thought of that. The gentleman that played the doctor at the time lasted until 1966. And due to his age, he had gotten to where he was beginning to forget lines and his, basically his health was failing. And they needed to decide whether or not they wanted to keep going with the show or stop the show. So the way they decided, they had already said in the story that the doctor was from another planet. So the decision was made, well, if he's from another planet, let's just say that because of his age, he's really old, he's frail, he gets injured, or he's so old that he does something because he's an alien, and it gives him a new body. That happened, and then we get the second doctor. And... and 
going forward. That just ha- so uh, every time a doctor dies, a new doctor is taking created. Well, okay. No, you literally see it on screen where that doctor. So it's the same person, and what happens is the because of this thing called regeneration. It's the same person, the same memories, but the way they explain it so that the actor that's coming in can still give his own spin to the role. They say that this, basically in a nutshell, it changes your appearance, but because it's so traumatic on your body, it also changes your personality. Again, it's the same person. He has the same memories, but this one may be quirky. This one may be somber. This one may be mischievous. This one may be dark, et cetera, and so forth. That answer, that's a a big puzzle piece in my understanding of this. And that was going to be my next question is, is this, do they have the same memories? And so you're saying that different people, but the same consciousness throughout this whole thing. Yes. Yes. Different bodies. Okay. So you literally will see the body physically change. And right. So, okay. so, so it's a different look, but you see, you know, it's not like this consciousness goes into another body. You see the body change and it metamorphosizes into a new vision or version of himself. And then he goes and picks a new wardrobe and that's what he starts wearing and acts different. Okay. Okay. So, so that's who is Doctor Who. Now, what is Doctor Who? What is, he's from, you say he's from another planet. He's an alien, but what is he? He is an alien from the planet Gallifrey. And the best way I could give you a, a description of Gallifreyans is since you are a comic book fan and I know you read Marvel comics, the best way to describe the Gallifreyans in a nutshell are the Watcher. And the doctor is the watcher that says, I'm not going to be standing there and looking all pompous and whatever. He says, hmm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to look at things and I'm going to have adventures and I might actually help people along the way. Okay, so is he rejected by his own kind then? Is that is that something that makes him unpopular amongst the other of his kind? Mm, Good question. And sometimes, yes. Sometimes no. And again, with 50 years of history, you get to seeing his people at different points. And there's one point when the Time Lords, as they are called, they are the people of the planet is called Gallifrey. So they're Gallifreyans, but there are a subset of the Gallifreyans. Basically, I would say you're rich for lack of a better term. Your rich mm-hmm. Gallifreyans become time lords and time ladies. And as being this upper class caste, they have the, those are the ones that have the ability to do the regeneration. Okay. Okay. So what, what these time lords, you know, what, what do they do? Like what are, what are his abilities? If I, you know, if I were to ask what are, um, what are Spider-Man's abilities? You know, he's super strong. He has super agility and all that. What, what, what can the time lords do that, that you and I can't do? Hmm. For starters, they can regenerate. That, you right. know, the, you know, that's the, that's a given. We have seen the doctor display telepathic powers. We've seen other time lords use telepathic type abilities also. So that's one thing that we've seen them do. But other than that, there's no real superpower that the doctor has except being clever. Okay. So think of Sherlock Holmes. A very clever 
somewhere between Sherlock Holmes and uh, I, I don't want to say Buck Rogers or someone you know or or you know some space person or whatever, right? You know, like but a, but it it's more like just a traveling like uh, a pulp adventure. Yes, 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 yes. Like I mean, I mean, and not not maybe the same genre, but maybe like an Indiana Jones, someone going out and having yes. Yes. Right. And depending upon the doctor, the feel of the show and whoever's the producer at the time, for instance, like the third doctor was more gadgetry, James Bondish. And, you know, you had a feel of, like I said, more of a James Bond type feel. Then you get to the fourth doctor and you have this bohemian dude with his companions and traveling all over everywhere. And then you get to another version of the doctor where he's wearing nothing but black and he's really, really somber and whatever. So whatever the doctor is in a way reflects on what type of stories you have. Like almost different genres or different themes throughout the whole thing. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Like for instance, the first doctor for the most of his tenure was very grumpy and almost rude to his companions. The second doctor, in contrast to that, was almost like one of the three stooges, um, to, to kind of give you a mental picture of him. But he was someone that showed, I'm a bumbling idiot, but was always one step ahead of you and using that bumbling idiotness to keep you off guard. Okay, so he's out. What, I mean, you say it's different genres, but like, what are his objectives? Like, what, what, what are his... What's his, what are his goals? Does he have bad guys? Is he looking for something? Or does that change from, from season to season, doctor to doctor as well? Mm, okay. So yes, there are bad guys. There is a race of, of beings that were created called the Daleks. And okay. I've seen, I've seen at least, you know, the image of that at Comic Cons and stuff like that. Cool. So the Daleks were introduced in the second Doctor Who story, and they're basically these creatures that have no other intention than to exterminate all other life on reality other than themselves. That is that that are the Daleks. They are some of his okay. longest running bad guys, if you want to put it that way. Okay. That's that's a pretty good bad guy. That I mean I, and he's just trying to thwart their efforts to exterminate everything. Correct. Yes. You ask about, you know, other bad guys and you ask specifically about the Time Lords. So to have a Sherlock Holmes, you have to have a Moriarty, correct? To have the doctor, you have to have the master. And the master is the bad version, for lack of a better word. He's the bad doctor. He's the he's another Gallifreyan that has left the, you know, planet. But whereas the doctor has gone off in search of adventure He's gone off in search of domination because who better than the master to control everything? Right. Okay. And is that played by different people as well? Like yes. in the same kind of regeneration thing? That's cool. I like yes. that concept. Yes. The, yes. He himself has also been played by several actors over the 56 years. Okay. So how many doctors have there been? There have been, well, I, hmm. I can't answer that question, but I will say that we have, we are on the 13th doctor, but I can't answer that question. I see. Okay. (laughs) And if you start watching it, my friend, one day you will understand what I mean. It'll make sense. Yes. So I guess, I guess what I'm really driving at is, is there any rhyme or reason to like, is there like, 
do they do it in four year stints? Do they do like how how long is each person a doctor? Like is it just Dude, whenever the actor good. is ready to move on? Or you how does that work? Good. That you are seriously good. And and I'll tell you why. Patrick Troughton, the second doctor, is noted as saying that a doctor needs to stay for about three years. And there's been many doctors who have stayed around for about three years. On the flip of that, the fourth doctor is known for having stayed the longest. He stayed from 1973 or 4 to 1981. So he has the longest tenure, in my opinion, based on how long he was actually playing the doctor. Other people will say that the seventh doctor stayed the longest because he was playing it from 1987 through 89 when it went on hiatus and then appeared again in the 1996 movie. You could argue it either way, but for the most part, they stay for about three to five years. And then when the actors move on to do like a different create, you said a producer does a different creative team come on and kind of do their spin on it. It's that kind of, does it kind of, does it when, I guess what I'm really trying to get at is when, a regeneration happens when a new doctor, when a new actor assumes that role is, does the story kind of not restart, but does it kind of like, that's the jumping on point. Like the, the stories kind of begin and end with the doctors. Very good. And sometimes yes, sometimes no, you've, okay. there, there are times when the original serials and, and, and let me kind of mention this real quick, the way that, it is presented 2005 forward is you get about 13 to 13 episodes a season. They're 40 to 50 minutes long, give, give or take. And it's a single story or there may be a two part story, the beginning or somewhere in the middle and usually at the finale. And that's kind of the setup right. 2005 forward. Back then, back in the 60s, all the way up except for one season in the mid 80s, you would have a story that was told in, say, 23 to 25 minute segments off of around four to six parts. So you may have a story that is the Dalek invasion of Earth that is six 25 minute segment, whereas now we've got, you know, the 45 you know minute show. They the stories were told way different back then than the way they are now. I guess this is kind of a, a randomly specific question, but is there ever a point where like it's a 13, you said 13 episode seasons. Is there any time like season seven, they'll switch, they'll switch between one of the two. Like, is there, does that ever happen like midway and they just keep going? No. Back okay. then, yes. You may have the doctor change his, you know, regenerate mid season. It didn't mean that the finale happens and the doctor changes. You could have mid-season of season 10 and you because we didn't have the social medias and we didn't have all the accesses we do now for fans back then you literally never knew when the doctor was going to change especially in the u.s because we were getting them on pbs stations as a, maybe a year later whereas we get them same day airing now whenever they air on the bbc okay wow okay that that would be that's just such a a strange paradigm for someone who's used to watching very, not formulaic, but there is certainly like an American way of doing television. And just like I'm thinking back about being in, in those days where the the main character and actor on a show can change on a dime. You never know that's coming. That's such a 
compelling way to think about this. So, so let me throw this one at you. The doctor has people who travel with him, and for the most part, they are referred to as companions. Right. And the companions that travel with him, there are often times to where the companion is the companion to more than one version of the doctor. For instance, between the third doctor and the fourth doctor, the companion that was with him at the time, her name was Sarah Jane Smith, and she actually traveled for maybe a year with the third doctor and maybe a year to two with the fourth doctor. So you had that stability across doctors because that's, that's if cool Sarah can accept him, then of course the audience right. is going to accept it. The audience, if they, yeah. So does just kind of thinking about how I understand kind of the story mechanics. Does does the companion become like a stand-in for the audience and ask the questions and kind of just uh, kind of we see the eyes through the eye or see the world through the eyes of the companion? Is that just yes. Yes, that okay. is, that is just as Kitty Pride was created, just as right, Jubilee exactly. was created. Yes, the companions ask the question. You know, they're the ones. Um, and actually, in the words of, of you know of companion from a couple of years ago, the companions are also there to stop him. In other words, he needs somebody as the voice of reason, as the the person to slow him down and the person to remind him to be kind, basically. And they're human. And they're human, for the most part. There have been some alien or non-alien. Actually, he did have a pet at one point. It was a canine pet named Canine, because why was it named Canine? It was a robot dog. Oh, of course. And his name was Canine. Canine. With K-9, yes. Right. I have actually went to a uh, convention one time where, and I have a picture of myself with someone had built a full size canine. So I have a picture with a canine. I'll send <laughs> that to you. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess now, now I feel like I'm kind of getting a, a pretty good sense of this world. What, but what I kind of want, I, I, I enjoy learning about fandoms as well. So like, what is, what's like the fan favorite? Is there a doctor that really stands out as being the one that people really gravitated towards more than others? Good question. And there are generally yearly, polls that okay that happen and there's there's a a magazine called doctor who magazine that's been going on for like 40 something years <laughs> and it's I, I think they're the one that does the poll it, i i may not be right on that but i think that they're the ones that do this poll and for the most part every year the fourth doctor is the one who wins as the most beloved doctor the 10th Doctor has actually won a couple of times, but for the most part, it is the 4th Doctor that wins 9 times out of 10 as and being the fan favorite. Is that the one you said that that, that had the longer tenure, that like yes. played it for a yes. long time? Who, yes. who is that actor? He, his name is Tom Baker, and he is the one you've probably seen Doctor Who fans wearing the very, 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 very long scarf. Yes. That is the one who wore the scarf. Okay. Okay. And then, okay, so you said the 10th. Who's the 10th? That sounds modern. Is that, uh, is that an actor yes. I'd know as well? Yeah, you would know him as David Tennant. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. The Purple Man. Uh, yes, the Purple Man. Yes. And he played the role from 2005 all the way through 2010. So he was like the revi the revitalization. He was yes. Well, the, the first guy back. There was another. Well, the ninth Doctor was the first guy back. He only played it 
for one series, and he was the 2005 series, and then, spoilers, he went ahead, well, he regenerated, spoilers, at the end of the first season into David Tennant's Tenth Doctor. And that's the, the, the one that people really love. Yeah, I really like the Tenth Doctor, to be honest with you. That would be your... No, be your no, 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 no. Uh, Tom Baker would be any day... Any day of the week, any day of the year, Tom Baker would hands down. Fourth Doctor would be my favorite. Wow. Okay, that's that's a pretty strong endorsement. Yeah, he he was the one for a lot of people that were in the U.S. He was the one who we all first saw on PBS for many because a lot of PBS stations only got the Fourth Doctor stories. Okay, that makes sense then. So is that is that when you discovered it as well? Did you, yes. Did you? Yes. Come up with Doctor Who where you were. I did as a, as, a as a little kid. I did for several years. I actually lost it until, you know, like lost interest of it just from, from not having it and didn't have, you know, the technologies that we have today. You know, I remembered it as the guy with the blue box and the big scarf. Let's talk about the box in a minute. Yeah, that's that's a question I've got here, too, as well. Cool. Then around the time Netflix first started, I was looking for something to rent from Netflix. And whenever I did that, I one of the first things I rented was something called The Five Doctors. I remember commenting to the person watching with me. I was like, oh, I don't want to see this because the guy with the big scarf on it isn't on there. And I don't want to see all these other doctors. And he said, Okay, well, it's the same doctor. And I was like, no, the guy with the scarf isn't on there. And he was like, no, it's the same person. I was like, no, the guy with the scarf. He was <laughs> like, no, you do understand that this isn't different doctors. It's the same person. And I didn't know that. And that was when my obsession with Doctor Who began was I didn't know that. And it was like, wow, you know, I didn't I got that understanding that this was the same person and then it was like oh crap i want to go watch this some more. yeah that, that, that's a real that's a great hook it's a great compelling hook and that's what it is it's a great way to hook you into the story is that concept it's a great sci-fi idea especially when they have anniversary episodes and you get to see the doctor in the same scene with the doctor and interacting oh. so so there are times and what they call this is crossing your own time stream and that is freaking awesome. That, 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 yes, that sounds incredible. That sounds like a, like, just like, I mean, I hate to keep comparing it to comics, but a comic book crossover, like the yes. big special event. It, it is similar to back in the day when the Justice Society and the Justice League would meet and you would have right. Cal L and Cal EL side right. by side. That is what it's like. Cool. Cool. So, okay. What what's the box? What is the, what is the blue box? What do you think the blue box is? Well, to me it looks like a telephone booth, but I don't know. What is the I, purpose I, of the blue? Well, let me ask you this: What is the purpose of the blue box? Um, based on solely context clues, I'm going to guess something to do with time. Okay, and relative dimensions in space, time and relative oh. dimensions in space, the TARDIS. So. The blue box is a basic spaceship, for lack of a better term, that can travel anywhere in space and time. Wow. And why is it a uh, blue police box? Is because it has a chameleon circuit that blends it in to whatever place and time it's at so that it will not be noticed. And oh. when he first landed 
in an unearthly child in London in 1963 in a junkyard. It was the police box that it took the shape of. And for budgetary constraints, they said, oops, it's broken. So the so chameleon circuit doesn't change every time. Right. Right. So, so the joke that has been going on since it began is the companion walks in and they do the inevitable. Oh, it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Right. Like, uh, like the tents on Harry Potter or something. Bingo. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Good question. So, yes. Thank you. Um, I guess I'm just trying to. So, Another thing that you said there that was really piqued my interest is, um, besides being obviously like a, like a, a comic book fan, my, another one of my passions is like, is, is science fiction and like just science fiction concepts. So the idea of different space and time is very intriguing to me. So how, is this like a hard sci-fi show? Is this more a science fantasy kind of like Star Wars or is this more, is this a like nitty gritty sci-fi show? All of the above. Okay. Seriously, okay. Uh, d- depending on, the writing, depending on the era that it's in, like, for instance, you may have one episode of Doctor Who, and I'm talking the current iteration, that, okay, I'll use the last season. The the last season of Doctor Who, the first episode dealt with the regeneration and, and meeting the new companions. The second episode, they were off-world on this completely alien planet. The third episode, they were in... The United States, Alabama in the 1950s or early 60s and met Rosa Parks. So you wow. went from the UK and in, in the present, you went to this far off planet in the second episode and then went to history, you know, historical United States and, and for a history episode in the third episode. You that's, know, that's it, really it can cool. be, it can be, and, and, and it does that all the time. I mean, you will have, an episode where they're they're fighting or the doctor and the companions are fighting off world somewhere far away and then you you may have three episodes in present day for the next three very very cool so let me ask you this and and let's bring this back to comic books so if you decided since you know superman started in the 30s would it be safe to say that there are some episodes or issues that we'll call them since it's comics of Superman that you might not be able to go back and read. Would that Absolutely. be a Okay. So can you go back and this may be a trick question here. Can you go back and watch all Doctor Who episodes? Well, I kind of gave it away. I can, didn't wa- I? Oh, I can, I can watch different episodes of almost any other show. So I guess tell me why it's different for this show. There are at this time, I think there are still 96 or maybe right at a hundred episodes that are missing are lost. Mi- just missing. Yes. And this always adds a level of mystery and makes people just love Doctor Who. And I'm curious if it will pique your interest as well. I made purposely said at the beginning that people had no idea that we would still be craving Doctor Who in 2019 back in the 60s. So back then, you recorded these on film and our our different type of tape than what they do now. And to save money, because like in the U.S., we have commercials because everything is commercialized. You know, if it's ABC, CBS, 
whatever the NBC, we've got commercial. A third of the show is commercial. Bingo. Well, in the BBC, since there is a tax for that, people pay a television tax, and that the BBC is a government-run or sponsored entity because of these taxes, there's no need for all of the commercials that we have in the United States proper. That being said, as a money-saving technique in the late 60s, early 70s, they took film and basically wiped the film that had already been used and reused it. For money. From, you know, to save money. Right. These episodes of Doctor Who from the first Doctor's era and the second Doctor's era, there were many of them that have been literally, and it's called Lost to Time, because... They have been, they were wiped and the, the stories don't exist anymore. The episodes don't exist anymore. And people didn't have VCRs at home taping something or anything like that was before that time as well. Well, wow. But see, the interesting thing there is because you made copies of those episodes and emailed, I mean, not emailed them, old school mailed them to affiliates in the United States. And again, this is the United Kingdom. So it may have gone, they found one serial, I think, in the late 80s or 90s, maybe it was even in the 2000s, I think, that was in Zimbabwe, you know, that had gotten sent, that they sent back an episode. The curious thing is people not only recorded the video of some of these on VHS tapes, but there were people that recorded audio. The audio still exists, and the audio is being used, and they've done maybe... Three to five serials that were lost, they have animated them using the original audio and cleaned up the audio and used animation to bring these stories back to life. That's really cool. That is that's cool. That's so I I mean, just kind of taking a step back and I'm kind of, you know, looking at it from the outside as someone who's a fan of of some of other things like that would be the Holy Grail. Like if you told me there are old you know, my favorite character is Daredevil. If you told me there's, you know, 20 old issues of Daredevil that they lost the Master Prince and no one has reprints anywhere, like that would be, uh, you, you know, I'd salivate at the idea of that. So that must be just such a cool thing to have in the in this fandom. See, like several, several years ago, this was actually right at the 50th anniversary. They announced that there was a serial that was being animated called The Power of the Daleks. And, the, and that for many people, was one of those holy grails because that was the first story of the second Doctor right after the regeneration. And that was one of that complete story. None of it existed. And they had reanimated it with existing audio, made it so that people like me could go back and actually see it because I'm one of those people that my favorite sets of episodes are the regeneration episodes and the episodes right after that change just piques my interest and being able well, to see that, that was it's just like so a, freaking awesome. It's like a new creative team coming onto onto a comic series. It's it's the what is the new direction? What is the mood? What is the what is, what are the things going to feel like? How are these people going to play off each other? I could I could definitely see those being the the really really great special episodes. Yes. Let me ask you this. And so we've talked about the TARDIS. We've talked about the Doctor. Has this given you more fervor to go out and watch it? Yes. This has definitely taken something that I've been kind of interested, but at a distance and and kind of shoved it more towards the front of the line as far as me 
mm-hmm. g- giving it a shot. So, I mean, I, I understand the concept of, you know, it's the, it's the same doctor every time and it's new seasons, but when a new doctor starts, is that the time to jump on? Is that when it's? Yeah. Um, so, so that's the hard question. I, I don't think even though series 12, I mean, uh, series, yeah, series 12 is about to start. I, I think you would be doing yourself a disservice by starting then. Okay. And the reason I say that is, yes, you would be watching what's currently going on, but I think you would be missing some of the layers that would be there if you weren't to go back and watch some of the original stuff. Do you, or, okay. Or, or at least watch from 2005 forward. That was going to be my next question. If I didn't want to go maybe all the way back to 1963, can you go back to 2005, start there, and, and, and get an idea of what's going on? Yes, and, and, and I'll tell you why. So the three people that do this podcast, for the most part, are myself, Clarence and Lee. They, we're the, you know, like the, the three guys that are usually on here. We have Nicole that joins us on often on many, uh, episodes. She's a fan of both the classic and the current series. But, and we've also had other people join us. That being said, Lee, Clarence and I are the ones that started this podcast. So having said all of that, we each come to Doctor Who with a different mindset. Lee, being a little bit older than both of us, has a little bit more history with the classic than I do. I, you, you heard me say how I learned about Doctor Who. Clarence and I worked together, and the way he got into Doctor Who was he came to my office one day and asked me for another show to watch on Netflix, and I said, oh, and at the time, Doctor Who was on Netflix. And I said, hey, let me tell you about the show I watch, watch Doctor Who. So his Doctor Who, even though he knew about Doctor Who a little bit, kind of like you did, but he was on the peripheral of it, never really got into it, was getting into it in 2005. And he can talk Doctor Who as just as good as Lee and I can. So absolutely, cool. you can okay. start in 2005. Cool. Really, then that kind of leads into what I guess would be maybe my last question, unless you've got more questions for me, is where, where do I watch it? You said it was on Netflix, not any longer. If I were to want to start, what is there a streaming service? Do I have to hunt down the DVDs? How, how would I go about no, doing that? Good question. Right now, it is still on Amazon Prime. My understanding is it will be moving sometime next spring to HBO Max. And, um, really? Yes. I think. Does Warner Brothers own that property? I don't think so, unless they have something to do with BBC America. I mean, Doctor Who is still owned by the BBC, but I, I think maybe their, the rights to Amazon has kind of, or maybe expiring. And maybe Amazon, I mean, you know, HBO Max may have gave a bigger payout, you know, to get it. Yeah, I know they're going to want to launch that with a large library. That'd be that'd be good to fill that out. So, I, excellent. Okay. So, so it is very available. Yes, and 2005, those series is you know from 2005 all the way through about series seven were 13 episodes long. And here's another interesting thing for Doctor Who: the and whenever it returned in 2005, it had its 13th episode and. The after that thirteenth episode, you had the regeneration again. Spoilers. And by the way, one day you will understand why I keep saying spoilers. Okay. And when you get there, you you you'll definitely like this person. 
But after the regeneration on that 13th episode, you didn't see this doctor again for months until Christmas Day when we had a Christmas Day episode called The Christmas Invasion. And up until this last Christmas, there was a Doctor Who Christmas episode for every year since 2005. So on Christmas Day, you had a Doctor Who episode every Christmas from 2005 up until this past year. And are those kind of like, are those also special episodes? For the most part, you will have a, you will have anything from the new doctor premiering like it did in, in 2005 to maybe the doctor even meeting Santa Claus for all intents and purposes. Hmm. Okay. Or you may have something called Twice Upon a Time. And I won't say anything else about that because I don't want to spoil it. But season seven brings one of the what I call one of the greatest moments in Doctor Who history, because there was it right in the middle of season seven. You have an event that was televised, I think, either 91 or 71 countries simultaneously broadcast around the world at the same time and in theaters at the same time, which was called the Day of the Doctor, and it was the Doctor Who 50th anniversary movie. Holy cow. Yes. Holy cow. So, so I remember watching it that day, like at about 1.40 p.m., on because I wanted to watch it at home, but there were people that were like in theaters at 1.40 p.m. watching it whatever time you were at all around the world, either on television or in theaters watching Doctor Who at the same time. That's super neat. And that was that was a super episode. I will say that. And just the the sense of community around something like that is you could just feel the the palpability of it when something like that happens. Yep, and and it, and it is cool. That is one of the things that I will say about the Doctor Who community. Now, do you know who's playing the Doctor currently? No. Okay. I, I, no. Okay. The, okay. Okay. That's good, purposes. and I won't get to, I won't get into that. But I will say that going to Doctor Who conventions that I've been fortunate enough to go to, they are some of the nicest people that you would ever want to meet. I've had the luxury of going to a convention called Hulanta, of course, in Atlanta. And then there's another one in Huntsville, Alabama called Con Castabarus. And I think all of the people that I've met there are just like A plus, very nice. We met Nicole that I said that has been on this show with us through a Doctor Who convention. Very, I very, very awesome people. Absolutely. I, I, you know, that I'm getting to the point where in my life where like the community is, is as much of a draw to a lot of my hobbies as the actual material is. You know, I, 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 I love the community around comics, the discussions that you can have around comics and all that. So. Uh, having an inviting community like that is a huge, huge draw. I mentioned Lee. Like I said, Clarence and I worked together. That's how Clarence and I knew each other. I actually met Lee through another podcast called Doctor Who Podshock. And it was a podcast that I actually listened to from like from 2006 to 2013 as a fan before I got asked to be on it. And oh, that's a cool. I met that's awesome. Lee. He and I joined Doctor Who Podshock on the same episode as a host. So I had no idea who Lee Shackelford was. And since then, that was like 2014. He's now one of my best friends, but it was because of Doctor Who. 
That's super cool. That, that, I, I just love all that stuff. That, those are great. So like, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of how you and I met. I mean, we were both yes. on Ron's podcast. Yes, totally, totally by complete coincidence. And, and now look, here we are talking Doctor Who, because one thing you will learn about me eventually, if I talk long enough, you'll hear me refer to something in Doctor <laughs> Who. Clearly from this conversation, if I talk long enough, I'm going to relate everything back to some kind of comic book. Hey, I've, I, I, I watch comic books. Hey, now, tell me if you do this, and if you don't do this, then, then you know, feel free to say it. But I, I say, you know, I'll say, well, I watched this, like like I'll say, oh, well, yeah, I was reading an episode of X-Men. Or I'll oh, yeah. say, I was watching an issue of Doctor Who. It's like... All the time. Next issue. Oh, yes. wait, no, we're watching uh, some on Netflix. Yeah, it was next episode, yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Now you don't make me feel so. It's that, it's that serialized storytelling that I just, I really love in both TV and in comics. I love the idea of these large tapestries and, and reading bits and parts of it at a time and reading them for long shots or watching it for here and there. I really enjoy that kind of large continuity that comes with both these art forms. When you like continuity, and th- this is another reason why I say that going back and watching 2005 forward they give you a starting point and they take away or they present the story in a way that you don't feel weighed down by what's come before and i think one of the smartest things they did in 2005 was make it a continuation and not a reboot of what had become before because when yeah when when he starts you know he's the ninth i mean you know it's out of the box, this is the ninth doctor. It's not like, oh, this is the first doctor, you know, all over again. And there is an episode in season two or series two, the first David Tennant series that a hundred percent tells fans without a doubt that this is one and the same show. There is a character that I mentioned that I said that traveled with the third and the fourth doctor. Right. She returned in 2006 as the oh, same, that's... the same actress returned in 2006 as Sarah Jane Smith and met the 10th doctor and actually had several adventures with him was so freaking popular that they actually gave her her own show. That's super cool because that's not only that she got her own show based off it, but it just shows that continuity between. That's a great way to tie it together and make it the connection concrete. And they also had, and and I'm not going to answer this question for you. I'm going to see if you figure it out. They also had another spinoff other than the Sarah Jane Adventures in the first couple of years, whenever it came back, called Torchwood, T-O-R-C-H-W-O-O-D. I want you to tell me the meta connection. You don't have to tell me now because you may not get it, but there is a meta connection to Doctor Who there. You can message me later when you figure it out, but there is a huge meta connection in the name of that spinoff to Doctor Who. Is it an anagram? Dude, you are good. I'm just, I I don't know. Is is that what it is? Yeah, it's spelled. If you, if you, if you change the word spelling, it is. Yep. Doctor Who. Awesome. Very cool. I, I like it has its own universe kind of building around it. So one last thing I, I do want to tell you, because this is something that I tell everyone. Don't discount the Ninth Doctor's episodes, but keep in mind that this was they were just bringing the show back and they were trying it out. There are some of the effects 
and some of the stories and series, uh, you know, in that first series that may not be the best, especially the big fart and aliens. But other than that, it's, it, it is pretty good. Okay. Don't discount the first, that first season, but I will say the special effects are kind of just a little bit dated, but it was 2005. All right. Good to know. All right. Well, I want to kind of wrap things up and I want to give you one more chance to say again where people can find you on the internet. Uh, I'm on Instagram at comic book classics. Um, I just like to share my opinions on comics clearly. So if, if that interests you at all, that's where to find me. Cool. Cool. Well, you and I need to get on. Maybe we can get Ron back on with us and do another comic book episode soon. I've got a lot of thoughts since the last time we talked. That's for sure. Cool. Well, I'm curious as to your thoughts, but I'm not going to ask them here. What I will say is thank you for coming on. This has been one of the most fun things that I've done in quite a while. It's a conversation I've always wanted to have with someone. And the fact that we're still talking at 55, almost 56 minutes is freaking awesome. Yeah, no, this was this was super cool. I appreciate you having me on. Yep, and I think you're going to be coming back to me saying things like, oh, you know, I watched this, and this was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So, and you'll know what that means soon enough, I have a feeling. Okay. Uh, so, thanks, everyone, for listening. We always appreciate you coming on, listening with us. Make sure you tell your friends about the show. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?